money myself. Hello and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. To shout. Well, sorry, I'm just trying to get the volume right. Right, so let's get into it. So today we're talking about investment versus speculation. So it's basically we're going to talk about bubbles. Bubbles. So we're thinking about what would be an interesting topic. We went for a few of them and you picked... But I would pick bubbles. Bubbles. Mostly just so I could say bubbles. So we're we're going to talk basically what's the difference between investing and what's basically what is investing, what is speculating, what's the difference. So we're going to go through why why bubbles happen, essentially what are bubbles, and how you can um, essentially how you can reduce your risk and how you can kind of avoid the kind of the speculative bubble that people have got into in the past. So what are bubbles and why why do they happen? Essentially the they happen because um, we're all humans. As humans, uh, as we all know, we're kind of emotional creatures. We've evolved many years from many years ago, and basically, we've evolved to be rubbish or terrible investors, which people don't necessarily know. But um, think of it as like thousands of years ago when we were when we were evolving. You'd have like I don't know, fine, tasty food. You'd eat it right away rather than think, right, I'm going to save this for. 30 years time for when I'm 60. So people have changed, humans have kind of changed over, kind of for so long. Um, and thousands of years. Well, thousands of years. Yeah. Um, so that's, so in, when we're investing, we get like a fight, flight or freeze um, emotions, kind of things happen to our brain that we don't necessarily realise at the time, which can affect, affect our investing decisions. So by being aware of this, it can kind of help our long-term, uh, building long-term wealth. Um, and also, so it's part of the brain as well. So um, there's a someone said it much clearer. Someone who's scientists have talked about it much cleverer than I am. They talk about three. Essentially, the brain's built up of three parts. And when um, say the market markets crash, um, a chemical gets released, and it make basically makes us kind of fly, fly run away. Like think of it. Years ago, you might have got chased by a bear. Like the the people who survived basically would have got. Um, uh, who lived would have run away because of that part of the brain kind of uh, the fight or flight kind of reactions kicked in. So it's, we're, we're affected by our... Um, Good to run away from bears then. Well, exactly. Yeah, no, they call it loss aversion is what they call it in the markets. The uh, fastest when, person. It's that thing, isn't it? You don't have to be the uh, fastest runner. You just have to be faster than the slowest person. Exactly. Well, that's... Well, yeah. That that's doesn't good... necessarily help your point. <laughs> No, but it's so another reason is kind of the FOMO, kind of like the fear of missing out. So people um, get into kind of, I think of Bitcoin like recently, like if you weren't in Bitcoin, it was kind of going up like, I don't know, 10 times what it people pay for. People are like, ah, oh, I've kind of missed out the latest craze and kind of people want to get on that bandwagon and kind of jump on board, which which might not necessarily be the best um, thing for, for a long-term investing. So it's that and also... Um, so market, um, yeah, market crashes kind of affects, affect, like we say, our brain and kind of the different parts of it. So that's kind of the reason why um, bubbles happen. Can I go back one step? Here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we can we just go back to just just so everyone's on the same page before yeah. we start talking about what's going on with bubbles? Yeah. What's a bubble? So it's basically like think of it like a price rising so much that it goes kind of out of out of kilter than from the kind of the intrinsic value of of whatever you're paying for it so think, something that's like overvalued yeah so if you think of essentially like you buy assets and assets produce an income so if if an asset is way 
more expensive than what you're going to expect to get that income for. That would be the basics. That would be overpriced. But you might buy it on the hope that something um, is going to go up in price. So think of the difference between investing, which is buying assets that um, are going to go up in value over the long term and produce an income, whereas speculating is essentially buying something on the hope that someone else will pay more for it. Okay, so back to bubbles. So the reason they're called bubbles... Is that because they might burst? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, so talk about that. Like, what does that mean? What What does it mean when so financial bubble or whatever kind of bubble you have? Yeah. So you have a bubble which you've just explained is yeah. when something is being overvalued yeah. for what it's worth. Yeah. So what happens when it bursts? What's a bubble bursting? So the, I would the, the bubble that I've experienced the most was the dot com boom. So in the nineties, everyone was kind of the craze of the internet was kind of at this frenzy. Everything was going kind of anything with a dot com at the end of it was kind of going for crazy prices. There was like pets.com it was going kind of mad valuations and i i, I stupidly bought last minute.com the, the irony of the the name was lost to me at the time but it was basically everyone could see the potential of the internet i mean look at the companies today the netflix amazon google um the, these are the kind of big companies that are kind of dominating the industry today but 10 20 years ago you you could see that that was going to be that the, the this technology had come come about the internet was clearly unbelievable at the time but people didn't understand how they were going to make money from this kind of amazing technology that is the internet so people were kind of overpaying at the time thinking they were going to make their fortunes from um, speculating on kind of getting rich essentially so how about those people who um, back then sort of thought about that and thought yeah. I want to invest in some kind of online retailer or online product and what about those those small handful of people who did invest in your Googles your Amazons your Netflix where are they now yeah I mean look at if you look at how much these people are worth they're worth millions like billions like how much is Jeff Bezos how much is you know so Mark Zuckerberg people... how much are they have still done really, really well out of that bubble. Yes. But what yeah. happened to the rest of us? What happened to the, the masses who invested in... What did you invest in? Lastminute.com. Last okay. But, yeah, they lost... The, the, the What you paid for that would have gone down significantly. It's just kind of... oh, Yeah, but the technology there was... The, the value of that technology is still relevant today. It's buying kind of... Yeah, try, I guess one of the good points that I'm going to come to is don't buy one individual stock. Buy... Uh, kind of a whole um, you can buy kind of trackers that, that kind of you buy 50 or 60 companies in one kind of fund so back to bubbles yeah is that how you avoid getting yourself caught in a bubble well we're going to go into that until the, th- the end of it but let's go through let's talk about kind of what are bubbles now I so, thought we just did what are bubbles well, I asked you what's a bubble okay well it's like tulips is a good example so think of tulips in like the 1630s so t- people would for uh, the record he means flowers yeah like tulip but yeah. tulip like in Holland, they were like, um, there's a new technology and these kind of flowers were different colours. And people were like, wow, in like the 1630s, the people were like, oh, this is people amazing. People nuts for it. Yeah, exactly. So one, one tulip bulb went for more than a, a flat in Amsterdam. Like, imagine that. Like, that's how much it kind of went. It's kind of dumb, isn't it? Well, at the time, but then you, yeah, I, people, it's kind of getting carried away with the kind of frenzy of, um, yeah, like that kind of human emotion kind of getting carried away with it. So essentially it's, um, positive feedback loops so like these kind of new technologies opportunities prices rise and therefore people kind of want to make money out of this they see this kind of technology thing and oh this is going to be the future and they're trying to make money out of it um, people fall in love with the story so everyone if you talk about like tulips like other ones are oh, I don't know it's quite um, you can picture the people having like uh, 
They you, think they're going to make their millions from it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so tell us about Bitcoin, because that was a more recent one, right? That's something that's maybe kind so, of relevant today. So yeah, Bitcoin's an interesting one. So Bitcoin is an amazing technology. So the blockchain technology is um, clearly unbelievable. It's a bit like, um, I mean, it's a, there's a number of things that you can use cryptocurrency for. So, uh, so one of them is actually using it for a currency. So you can buy... Um, you can buy coffees using Bitcoin. You can even buy, you can go buy horses. There's a place in Wales that you can actually pay for your horse riding in Bitcoin. I read something online this week that some guy, I think this was like before people really realised how much Bitcoins were worth. Some dude bought like a pizza and he bought it with a Bitcoin that was yeah. worth like $800,000 or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's correct. Like that might not be the exact amount, but it was something really crazy like that. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. So it's just not knowing the and kind really of... bad for him. <laughs> so Bitcoin, yeah. So Bitcoins um, and cryptocurrency. So the, the kind of... The, the cleverness about behind Bitcoin is the kind of um, what you can use the um, the kind of the, bit, the the ledger behind it. So it's basically like um, what it can be used for amazingly is for ship, the shipping industry is going to be. Um, so what the technology can be used for is the shipping industry. At the moment, they use what they call like bills of lading. It's like a piece of paper that travel with the ship. But you can basically cut down all this bureaucracy just using crypto cryptocurrency. Okay, so but why is it a bubble? Well. It, I mean, at the moment, we're kind of in the middle of it, so it's difficult to tell if it is actually a bubble or not. But if you look at... Oh, so I picked a bad example. No, no, it's a really good example, a really relevant example. Basically, it's like... Um, so Peter Lynch talks about what is the earnings. So he's... So this guy's like um, one of the best investors of all time. He basically says, like, look at how much is that going to... What's the earnings on that? So if you look at like a bit Bitcoin, like how much... You're, you're not going to actually... It's not producing anything. It's not actually creating anything. All it is is uh, a currency. It's a bit like... A pound coin or a gold bar it's not actually it's producing commodity. anything yeah commodity i would say it's a com- more of a commodity than um like an actual business it's w- once once you use this technology to actually create value and actually create earnings from um, using this technology for good improving people's lives solving meaningful problems this is when it, the, the actual value of that really will, will kind of show and shine yeah. through when you're going to make blockchain company. technology which is yeah. not the same thing as bitcoin bitcoin's a product of blockchain exactly yeah so bitcoin is more like the um, yeah the product and it's like the, the currency for it but it's yeah. like the kind of the poster boy of cryptocurrencies um but yeah the, the blockchain is the technology it's a bit like the, the internet is the kind of the technology whereas the last minute.com is a kind of the kind of product from from it yeah but let's stick with bubbles so yeah. What's next? So what, another good example would be the railway bubble. So there was like people think like, I guess people always think bubbles are really bad, but it can actually be a good thing. So the technology of the railways, think back, this is like the 1850s when railways, you know, the steam engine, all this locomotive, it connected people and people putting more money into railways, trying to get rich, but it actually created more... Um, uh, more money going into railways, which meant that more tracks could be laid down, more money could be spent on trains, and it meant more people were connected and kind of... Um, but that's more idea. Yeah, exactly. So more ideas were spread. So it is, I thought bubbles were a bad thing. So it depends. Like, basically, what bubbles come from, it's kind of new technologies, new, new opportunities, new kind of industries, new markets opening up. And it's more... These are good things. Like, this is... It's kind of... I don't know, it's the capitalist market. People kind of investing or speculating to kind of to get money back from their investment. So I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. It's just people need to manage their risk, essentially. Okay, but let's go back to that railway example, because I don't think you quite finished the story, because you told us why 
it was overvalued, or you told us why people were investing in it. Yeah. But what happened? What what made it a bubble? So essentially, so it crashed. Ev- it must have had a crash, right? Yeah, exactly. Bubble. So people piled into railways, thinking you can't lose with railways. You've every, it's, it's on the up. It's going yeah, up. It's going up. There's it's no what way we hear all the time. Yeah. So there's no way you can lose with railways. But then the, it goes up. It's like an, a positive feedback loop. People invest because they think it's a good investment, and then their friends come. Oh, that's, that looks like a good investment. It's gone up. 20% this year so other people get in right but what happened that's so that's actually. the thing but then it almost it basically gets to a point where it it's like the greater fool so no one else wants there's no more fools to kind of go in and invest anymore no one wants like to pay fools. any more okay. no one wants to put more money in so eventually people realise that actually there's nothing behind this and it's like a bubble like it just like pops like a bubble there's no like intrinsic value behind the actual price of this thing and then it kind of comes to a crash but why would that? So with the railway example, what like why did that happen? Because surely you would think like like you said, yeah. people were investing, and actually it was good because the more people invested, the more railways could be laid, the yeah. more trains could be put into service, the better yeah. it was broadly for the community, yeah. for, like connecting different communities. Yeah. So why would that crash? Because what I would think from that is, well, surely then the more is invested, the more the railway system is going to be worth. Yeah. So how is that a crash? What happened? Well, it's exactly that. So look back to say the the internet. So it's, no, we're talking about railways. Yeah, but they're, essentially they're the same thing. But like, we just want to know about the railway. So the railway, it's like basically too many people went in, to pay, paid paid too much for this price of a stock or whatever they bought for it, and then it, it, it basically the intrinsic value wasn't there anymore. So, so the yield wasn't good enough from the actual railways. Yeah. So what so you're actually gen- money from yes, tickets. exactly. So what you're getting okay. back from the railway was nowhere near as much as what their people were paying for each stock for these railways. Okay. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Should we talk about a bubble that we all know and love? Like Can what? we talk about a bubble that everyone I think will be familiar with? Yeah. London house market. Okay, that's controversial though. Why uh, is that controversial? Well, I, you don't think I, that's a bubble? I think it's a bubble, yeah. But I guess it's it's one of those things that everyone no one wants to talk about it. It's almost like um. I want em- to talk about it. It's like the emperor's was it the emperor's new clothes? No one wants it. <laughs> you know, like once you see it, it's like actually clearly it's overvalued. And it's, if you look at. I know, how much people are paying for, how much people are earning. So the average London wage is like, I don't know, £35,000, whatever it is. And then the average price is like £450,000. £500 million. Pounds. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It but, may um, as well be to most of us. But yeah, if you look at kind of what people are paying and what you would get back if you're a, a landlord, it's it's way out of kilter from So one. you're looking at really rental yield when you're thinking about housing market bubbles. Yeah, there's, well, there's lots of things. Yeah, basically what you're getting back, coming back to that earnings example, like what you what for your investment you're putting into a... A house or a stock, what you're actually getting back from that investment. So if you're paying, you know, half a million pounds for a, a London flat, and you're only getting, I don't know, how much is twenty thousand pounds for a year for rent or whatever. I'm just making up these numbers. It's essentially nowhere near as what your. I would be expensive rent to be fair. Or what, twenty thousand? Oh, whatever it is. Like, uh, yeah, okay. But like, do, do, do you know what I mean? It's like, um, it's it seems to be going up and there be there must it's i don't coming back to newton's third law like it's like what goes up must come down it's like you know every action is there's an equal and opposite reaction so it's kind of if it goes up so much then it can it can only kind of um go down essentially yeah okay maybe maybe the london house market isn't a good example because we haven't actually seen a crash we haven't seen the bubble burst so we don't no, i mean the, late, know, the latest but... um Figures from Royal Institute of Chart um, Surveyors, yeah, it's down twenty. London house prices are down twenty percent, but no one's no one's reporting it, which is quite interesting. Mm. No one, but yeah, I, it's Maybe an the media one. is a topic for another podcast. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. So right, what are we talking about the house as well? So 
So we've gone through... Or you're going to tell us how to avoid getting ourselves stuck yeah. in a bubble. So, or how to avoid losing money in a bubble. Yeah, okay. So we've kind of gone, what is a bubble? Kind of why we're susceptible to bubbles. But also, it's like, how do you get... How do you avoid it? So one of the main things I want to like kind of um, talk about or to emphasise is like, don't... So there's a thing called leverage. So leverage is like... Um, basically using borrowed money to invest so it's the so one we a, a kind of a crash we didn't talk about was the 1930s kind of big crash um and that was mainly caused by people borrowing money to speculate essentially so using kind of margin or kind of leverage and this is super super dangerous so um using kind of borrowed money to speculate with and it kind of it fuels the bubble even more so that would definitely say there's loads of kind of... Um, but that is kind of classic of housing bubbles. But yeah, people over overmortgaged, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and you're exactly. using leverage to yeah. buy into this really which expensive is, product. Which is fine going up, but then you get into kind of negativity yeah. on the way back. But it's especially with the house, housing, there is kind of an underlying asset that you, if as long as you, you live there for 20 years, but if you're kind of investing in stocks on leverage that's kind of nuts kind of risk you're taking it so that's number one like stay away away from don't leverage. do that don't do that don't borrow money to invest yes you would think that's just logical sense right but if i don't have the money to invest i'm going to wait until i have but the there's money so many i use it. quite a few platforms that um kind of investing platform and some of it's so easy to they're going to give you it's like leverage. gambling yeah, yeah it's essentially gambling. gambling so that's essentially so that's kind of leads into the next point like know your limit as well so what's interesting is kind of speculating and gambling are very similar in that kind of knowing your limits so you've got kind of investing you've got kind of speculating and you've got kind of gambling as well but i would say like don't go more than four percent of what your of your net net worth so any more than four percent you start to getting so by that i mean say you you have a hundred pounds to your name only speculating four percent no i think we all know what four percent of a hundred no, is I, I tried to make it like as in like tangible as in like people can see that four pounds in your hand like don't go into it's like, hardly anything though isn't it no, i mean it's really if, small but then but, but the upside on that if you look at like kind of if you've got in bitcoin at the so one of my clients so is that just if if you're thinking about investing in like one product speculatively only put in four percent of your yeah so i would say if you're investing like have most of your assets in kind of not safe like safe assets some like stocks and kind of you know bonds and property and commodities we're talking about this is like way up on the high we're talking about high, high risk, risk. Speculative this is like bitcoin don't put i don't if you've got i don't know a thousand pounds saved up i wouldn't go all in on bitcoin like that's that's nuts kind of risk i mean you know i wouldn't i'm very low risk no i know i know so i, I would say anything anyway but i would say like know your limit so four percent is what i use myself personally like everyone like use your own advice this is guidance not advice um i guess it's that thing isn't it of like you shouldn't really if you're if you're putting money somewhere that's very high risk you shouldn't really put more in than you're actually willing to lose which yes is exactly the same as gambling right yes you wouldn't gamble on something unless you were willing to take that loss yeah so this is speculative so when you're speculating exactly don't don't invest anything you're willing to lose you're on, not willing to lose you're not willing to lose. yeah sorry um but on the flip side so it, I've talked before about people not actually investing. People are so scared to invest because they're worried about they, they kind of see speculating investing as the same thing. I see it as two different things. So I don't but know if that speculating makes... is a type of investing, right? It's, it's just investing but in a very high risk area. Yeah, you're because you're still investing. Aren't you? I would say it's not investing; it's speculating. I think these are two very separate what's things. What's the difference? 
So essentially you're buying, when you're investing, you're buying real life, living, breathing assets. So then like you're actually buying businesses that are going to generate profits that you're going to get a bit of that profit. Or you're, What's the difference there then between when you, for exa- your example right at the start, your dot yeah. com, so dot com speculation. But that's, that's, yeah. That was an investment. That it's was not, a real life business. It's not real life business. This is like dot com, last minute dot com was just a It was a, a real name. life business. It's, it is a real life business now, but at the time it really, it wasn't established generating profits business oh, it wasn't. it's not no oh. it's like back in the 90s i was so you just literally invested on in a url i mean i just it, this was like 99 this was when was it 2000 so i kind of had to call up a, no, a city it broker definitely existed in 2000 yeah that's when it was that was when it founded like 2000 there was a big that's like back in the day this was like pre-internet there was no you couldn't just go on the internet and there like, was definitely the internet in 2000 uh, yeah i mean but it was growing there was the internet but there wasn't actually companies creating income from this technology the technology was there hundred percent i had msn messenger in 2000 but there but how many of these how many of these were creating businesses that you could actually buy on the stock market i don't know this i haven't done thing. any research on that no that's what... you're going way off topic here no or maybe maybe we're not specialists in the internet the history of the internet no okay so com- right coming back to this Point three, then. So you said specialist, which brings us right onto topic three. Like you can you can become a specialist in a specific area. So imagine like um, knowing like um, um, I'm trying to think of an example now, but this basically talks about um, Jim Slater, like a specialist area for investing. Yeah. So Jim Slater talks about this as a Zulu principle, where he basically becomes. Um, he went on holiday to the Zulu tribe, read a couple of books on the Zulu and uh, Zulu tribe, and also went to a couple of topics on this specific topic. And essentially, he by doing all this research, he became an expert in this very small kind of niche field of the kind of the Zulu tribe. You can do this for his argument in his book, the Zulu principle, is that essentially you can do this for investing as well. You can become an expert in. I don't know, like renewable energy, and you can like laser focus all uh, all your kind of time and learn, study this kind of small little area, and then you will know more about the market. Um, but this, you'll know more about this subject than the market. And he says he calls this kind of arbitrage of ignorance, where you essentially see that there's um, there's like an opportunity that the market doesn't fully appreciate. So essentially, if you're looking to speculate, this is like the four percent that I recommend that don't recommend, but I would. Um, it's it's prudent to use of your net worth is to kind I of. I love how how difficult you're finding it to avoid using the word like recommend or. Ah, uh, but I, yeah, I have to. I know I'm worried you can't about, say that. I'm worried about getting sued, so I have to like. Your face <laughs> struggle to think of no, other like, words. The thing is, it's like a di- it's a difficult topic. I guess what I'm I'm trying to achieve is to give good quality education. So I'm I, I'm saying stuff that other people necessarily wouldn't say because they're worried. You're about helping getting, us to help ourselves. Yeah, so a lot of people don't say this stuff because they're worried about getting sued. Whereas I. I I mean, I, I'm happy to talk about this because I know that, I mean, it's, if people don't invest, they're going to do it anyway. People, people didn't avoid the uh, Bitcoin, you know, investing. Like one of my clients actually, he bought Bitcoin, um, one of, I gave financial advice to, he bit, bought Bitcoin with his pennies and he had basically came to me to um, work out how to move his 20 million pounds that he'd made from Bitcoin into you know, a, a better kind of asset allocation. So that there is gains to be made on. I guess I'm trying to get a balanced view of it's not always people always get it's always bad to it's spec- not always bad to speculate, but what you need is to have like a balanced view of what's going on yeah, in the market. Yeah, exactly. It's bad to speculate blindly. Yes, if exactly. If you don't know that that's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And if you're speculating on a bubble, 
you need to have some way of knowing yeah. when it's when it's prudent to get out yeah. of that bubble. So in my, both books actually, I talk about, so my Millennial Money Mindset, my first book, and Football Formation Asset Allocation, my second book, um, I talk about um, rebalancing. So if you, every year, you take some of those gains and put it back into other investments. So if, say, like, um, say you bought Bitcoin and it went up massively, like you can take some of those gains and put it back into kind of other investments to kind of grow those assets so you're not kind of you're not um, um, I don't know, you s- just rely on one asset class. That's great, but let's get back to bubbles. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yeah, that that basically covers it. So we started off talking about why why we're susceptible to bubbles. Kind of, we're all humans. Humans are emotional creatures. We kind of talk about what bubble it what bubbles are. So we talk about kind of the tulip bubbles, new technologies. Um, we kind of talk about new new markets opening up. Kind of um, even like biotech and like nanotechnology or like is it CRISPR like all these kind of like new technology internet of things like we're living in kind of wonderful times like there's loads of stuff kind of happening like the new the the technology that kind of that are dominating today weren't even envisaging kind of the creator's mind 10 20 okay but back to bubbles yeah okay I'm just talking about kind of new technologies um yeah so essentially we don't know what's going to be next the the industries that are going to dominate in the next 30 years are going to be part of a bubble so I'm just saying like you don't want to be yeah. Okay. I, so yeah. So that's kind of what are bubbles. Then we talk about how you can avoid them. So one, don't leverage. So that's super important. So number two, kind of know when to set your limits. And three, you can have a specialised knowledge in these kind of small little niche. Find a little niche and kind of um, do your research so you kind of know more than the market does or the market appreciates. So yeah. So just to say thanks for joining us. Uh, this is Millennial Money Mindset. Um, I'd like to also thank to... Oh, wait, drum wait. roll for the Oscars. Uh, okay, so I just want to say thanks to a couple of... Well, thanks to the audience. Thanks for joining us. Five stars. So I really, really appreciate all the people giving me five-star reviews on um, iTunes. And so keep it up, please. It helps me out with my listings and my rankings. Um, Anton Allen, thanks so much for helping me my first six episodes. He's an ITV presenter. He's done some amazing work. Uh, check out his videos. Um, Ryan Gutheridge, thank you so much for your lead vocals on the introduction. He is the lead singer of Thank Pablo, um, and they're amazing. They've got new stuff coming out, so check them out. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. This is Millennial Money Mindset, and also thanks to Rhiannon for joining us too. You're very welcome. Money Mindset I think that sounds right.